Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to It's All Black Academic. Myself, Jordan, your host. And I've got another debate and I've got another strong panel of guests here. We have Scarlett, Dane, Sia, Joel and Jay. How are we doing, guys? Everyone nice? Blessed. Always. Always. I'm nice. Right. This week, I want to talk to you guys about the subject of representation of black people on TV. If we feel there's enough of it, if we're happy with the quality of it, um, and how if you don't feel there's enough of it, we can improve upon that. And I want to have a general chat about our people on TV. Because I don't think there's enough of it, and I think what we do have, we could be doing a lot better with it. Um, let me start with you, Joel. On this one, do you have a particular issue with the amount of representation there is on? Let's start with mainstream TV mm. of black people across the board. Yeah, definitely. There's, we need more, and that's it, really. In a nutshell, it's. Um, I find that sometimes you get caught up in this whole. Yeah, it's improving, and then before you blink, there's still not enough. So it's almost as if that when there's a, an increase in black representation on screen, it reaches a point where it plateaus. Somebody somewhere um, proactively cuts, mm. you know, the amount of numbers that you can see. So we have peaks and troughs and keeps us in this cycle of, of uh, you know, we're achieving, but we're not. Mm-hmm. So I think with the proliferation of channels, you know, it gives greater opportunity for us to, to go on and get onto mainstream TV. Mm-hmm. But... I still think there's a lack of understanding on the other side of some of the talents and skills that we bring. So I was looking, Jay, across all kind of areas of television mm. and some of the bigger, the bigger shows. And I wanted to find out, okay, how many black people do we have in lead positions across different genres on TV? So I'm going to rattle through a few here, which I've made a note of. So if we start with some of the biggest programs of this year and some of the most highly rated mm. uh, programs, I'm a Celeb was Anson Deck, two white people. Deck has some highly publicised problems, we know. He stepped down. Replacement, Holly Willoughby. Mm-hmm. No black person there. Uh, the World Cup, I only, come if I'm wrong here, you know, you're a sportsman. Mm-hmm. Jason Mohammed was the only person, uh, black person, in a senior presenting position across ITV and BBC during the World Cup's coverage. Strictly Come Dancing, Tess Daly and Cla- Claudia Winkleman um, on their sister show, Zoe Ball. When Bruce Forsyth stepped down, they have great presenters, could have filled that role. No one. Uh, X Factor, Kate Thornton, Dermot O'Leary, Ollie Murs, and Caroline Flack. Those are just four of the biggest programs across TV. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through some more in just a little bit, but do you agree with Joel that there is a serious issue with the amount of black people we have fronting and presenting some of the biggest shows on our, on our television screens? I think the, I think the issue runs more deeply than just what you see on TV because, you know, we've had 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Black news presenters for many, many years, and it doesn't change how we're represented through news programming. So in other words, you have people who confront things. And sometimes that does, you know, does do a thing in terms of you can see visually, you can see people presenting these programs. It goes deeper because it's the people behind the scenes that are making those decisions. So um, for me, I think, as Joel rightly pointed out, we just go around in circles where it, it goes through waves. And I think it probably depends on who those people are behind the scenes at the time that are pushing certain things. And once those people leave their jobs and move on, then you have the decline again. It's not a continual thing, which means that years later, things haven't improved when you do a compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. Things are pretty much the same as they've always been. Um, So, of course, there there could be more people presenting our programs. Of course there could be. But they don't develop those people. So so Holly will be the... um, the Strictly presenters, all the people that you just, we don't have to go through the list again, but for all those people, there was a development process mm. of those people. And there, there were people who, they're at that level now because they started presenting shows years ago. There was an investment <coughs> 10 years before that. Yeah, exactly. And so what, now you see them presenting Strictly, it's because they've, they've had a nice, rich heritage of presenting shows. And there is no pipeline like that for black presenters. Literally, you have Reggie, and Reggie's done really well. But So Reggie, I remember Reggie on children's TV, and then he did some radio and Top of the Pops, and he's developed himself, and that's something that he's taken on, and he's done himself, and he's had a brilliant career in that great trajectory. But there are no other Reggies. And then you have Ade as well, who's do come through the journalism route. So there are a few people, but it's not consistent and it's not across the genres. You'll find mm-hmm. it more maybe in the documentary space mm-hmm. and less so in the end space. Do you see what I mean? I do. And so, and so all the shows that you named there are all 
oral document or all um, end space shows, mm. and there is definitely a lack of us, you know. But it's not just black faces; it's anyone who is not that kind of mainstream, you know. Of course, I, w- I want to stick to kind of uh, black people in particular. And you mentioned you mentioned news, Dane. I've got a list of people on on news, and I think it's important that we see if if, if you're a national news program that we see um, presenters that reflect the nation that they're presenting news to. So I've got here Clive Myrie, BBC News anchor, Shard White, who no longer. Uh, Liza Amar, who's a C5 news anchor, Jeanette Quache, Sean Fletcher, Gamal Fambula, uh, Rome, Raggy Omar, and Hugh Bosencroft. Bar, I would say Claudia, none of those presenters are what you would say flagship presenters of any of those news pro- programs. Is that another area where we need to really be penetrating and having black people presenting the news and really having, uh, from McDonald, another one of those, for example. Yeah. And don't forget Moira. Yeah, and Moira. And Moira, yeah. Who you and, could, when you thought that. And yourself. Don't worry about well, that. you know, no, but even I'm in that kind of tier three of presenters, yeah, yeah. but these are not people that you, when you think of BBC News, you don't really think of Clyde Myrie first and foremost. No. Do you know what I mean? He's. Maybe Moira. I mean, I, I, don't, I think, well, I, I wouldn't even focus on newscasting being an issue where we have a lack of representation. I think really when it comes to the news, my issue would more be from the editor, editorial mm-hmm. of the newsroom as, and maybe being in editorial positions as opposed to, because it doesn't necessarily matter who is, uh, the vehicle for, uh, you know, for uh, the, presenting the news, it's really what the news is and what where their uh, maybe their facts come from. So um, I think that's really an issue: is that it's not just a question of our representation in front of the camera; it's also uh, on the on the other side as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a large part of where the issue comes from. So in news, I'd say editorial. As far as our representation with like uh, television and TV shows, um, I think that that's never improved. And while we do have crests and trough in terms of aesthetic, I think. Uh, one issue is in terms of representation is uh, nuance in that I'd say so as a black man, you are represented as either a boy or an uncle in this country. And by that, I mean, as a boy, you're the typical quintessential black man you see on TV is a perpetual adolescent. Like your preoccupations are with your crepes and fried chicken and your garments and JD sports. Regardless of your age. Regardless of, yeah. Regardless, yeah, regardless of your age and girls and stuff. And then on the other hand, you have like uncle, whether you're, uh, you're old and non-threatening and, and almost asexual in terms of like Trevor McDonald, where you have this kind of refined air of sophistication and being learned. But at the same time, you can't be considered a heartthrob or anything like, like, it's almost like you're like almost like a robot, so to speak. You're a dignified robot, kind of Morgan Freeman kind of archetype. And which means that there's this big gulf between if you are a black person where, you know, you pay your mortgage, you pay your taxes, you raise your kids mm. and you are from this age from like 28 to let's say as far as like 58, there is no kind of fair or a representation or any kind of programming which caters to you. Because mm-hmm. when you reach a certain age, I don't want to watch youngers because mm-hmm. I'm not a child. It doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's reality involves like, you know, what crepes you have and stuff like that as well. Well, I want to come to Tame in just a minute, but as Scarlett, uh, someone who does front and present a program on television, what was your route to get into that stage like? And do you see your equivalent who aren't black as having uh, an equally difficult and elongated journey to get to that point? Uh, I think for me, I was very blessed with this opportunity, first of all, to be able to present the show because I've never, I've watched Place and Sun for years before I was on it and I've never seen someone like me on the show. So I guess in a way it's like, oh, this could be a bit of a risk for them to take someone like me. But I'm glad they took the risk because since doing it, I would meet people and, you know, be them black people, white people. Like, oh, you, you're really good on the show. And sometimes people are surprised by it. I'm like, well, why are you surprised? You know, I got the job because I do property development on the side. You do have to have an expertise in property. 
Um, and I went and I did a good screen test and, and I got the job because I was good at what I did. Okay, yes, I'm black. And yes, I'm different to the sort of people that you do see on the show. Um, and I kind of feel like in a way, maybe I am standing up for my people. I am being the face of my people that don't have to be worried about their trainers or their crepes. or don't have to be on the Channel 10 News. Um, sorry, Channel uh, BBC One News at 10 o'clock or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I think it was it wasn't difficult to get the job. It's difficult now trying to keep going. I so, feel so the like next level is not Exactly. Okay. I want to do entertainment. That's where I've come from. Um, but you see the same faces. You see the Anton Dex, you see the Holly Willoughby, you know, you see the Emma Willis. That's great. But guess what? I can do that as well. It'd be great if you gave me the opportunity. But no, she's the Channel 4 girl that just does property. Well, no, but I can do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because normally when it comes to jungle, they can't wait to associate <laughs> us with it. Now, when it's... When you're in the jungle, you're a celebrity. We're not involved. Isn't that okay. strange? <laughs> exactly. Uh, normally, when it's dancing, that's what they associate us with. Uh-huh. When it's strictly come dancing, strictly oh. none of us. Isn't that strange? Yeah. So strange. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it is a tricky one. I feel like where I'm at at the moment, I'm kind of, it's hard to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the only way maybe I can do that is to do reality TV or something. I don't really want to go down that route. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a bit of a, I'm kind of stuck in a place at the moment where I'm not sure how to get to the next point. So the biggest show at the moment that's probably in terms of being current that uh, some would say represents a big part of youth black culture would be Channel 4's The Big Nasty Show, which has just finished, I believe. They've just finished their their first season. Um, Sia, let me get your first um, impressions of that show. Um, and if you feel, first of all, you liked it and if you felt that it was a representation of uh, a part of black culture. Was you happy with what you saw and how they were represented, they being uh, Mo Gilligan and Big Nasty? Okay, I'm very 50-50 on the Big Nasty show. So I'm very happy to see the Big Nasty show because Big Nasty is an example of someone who has come from the bottom and has not changed his personality, has not changed the way he speaks, and has not changed anything about himself to cater to a white audience. He's kept his authenticity. Um, Mo, Mo is on the flip side, Mo did obviously comedy online on Instagram and stuff like that, where he was uh, mimicking white culture, which is something that we don't really see. Um, And obviously they've been able to transcend into TV. Now, my problem with transcending into TV using black culture is that it almost becomes, for me, a form of entertainment for white audience. So a white audience are looking at you as they did in the slave times and using you as... Oh, oh, make me laugh. Oh, speak in a certain way because when you speak slang, it makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. So you are entertainment. I'm watching Big Nasty and some of them are living vicariously through, you know, Mo and Big Nasty and all these other black people that they would normally not see on Channel 4 at that time. Um, The positive, I would say, is that it does open up minds of, the, let's say, a white audience that's watching that's never had the opportunity to watch someone like Big Nasty or watch. So Big Nasty comes across as, I would say for someone who hasn't watched him before, he's a stereotypical black male in terms of he's big. He comes across that, that already gives off that negative connotation of being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Whereas when they watch him, they're seeing, oh, okay, maybe he's not aggressive. Although they're still trying to push that stigma onto him, I think. Um, I feel like it opens up that audience's mind. So I'm very 50-50. I feel like it's an amazing thing for Mo and for the scene and for Nasty, they get to feed their families off legitimate incomes, which is very difficult for a lot of people. Um, they're on a massive channel. They're on Channel 4, which is amazing. But I do feel like it comes off very entertainment style. I do feel like they, um, white audiences are clinging onto our culture and almost buying our culture. And then 
gentrifying it mm-hmm. to make it something that can be marketed to them. Exactly, that's repackage it. That's that's just what because our culture is so rich. Mm. Whether it's comedy, whether it's music, whether it's fashion, whether it's whatever you look, you know, we are rich creatively. So that's a natural thing that's going to happen. It's been happening for decades. Mm. When it arrives on Channel Four, nothing is going to change. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because um, the majority of the audience that they're pointing to are not black. The majority of the audience mm. will be white audiences, mm. and they bear that in mind. I mean, it did do well for black audiences, young black audiences. Yeah. It, it, it was up on uh, viewers from the BAME community. Yeah, that's because it was zero before. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's like that's you've that's got that's to in, in that it slot specifically yeah. as well. Of that slot, it was so, down. Mm. What was but there before? You have to right. make it. People are not watching it, but in terms of, of the audience that they were going for, yeah, the BAME audience. The BAME audience. It was an increase, and it was an increase in. But in numbers, it wasn't masses of uh, it was huge numbers, but it did it did better, I think, than they probably expected it mm. to. Let me ask you a question though: if they if they sold it as the blackest thing on TV, it was that was when they sold it on yeah. A, yeah, like was, 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 were they inviting white people to watch it? I mean, I take your point fully, and and in terms of yeah. you know black people being up there to entertain white people, yeah. but they proactively called this the blackest thing on TV. Big Nasty was very vocal about that. You know, Jay, I, I zoom out a little bit mm. when when you see a concerted effort by a broadcaster like Channel 4 to embrace what we do, right? I zoom out a little bit because I don't focus on that because I asked Big Nasty that question if he thought that, you know, they were setting him up for to laugh at him rather than with him. Mm. We've been laughing with him online for years. Mm. We know his brand of humour. We yeah. get it, right? We don't, he don't need to sell it to us, but they do need to sell it to that wider audience okay. for it to be a success. Um, so when I, I, I look at that and I think, okay, that is what it is. So let's come out of it a little bit. They're making a concerted effort to put Robbie on, Robbie? Robbie Lau, yeah. yeah Robbie Lau, who's Arsenal fan TV. There's a block of people who have cultivated a following online. Chicken that Connoisseur. TV, Chicken Connoisseur, TV is trying to understand. Our call, they cannot, this is the part of our call they cannot buy. So how can we understand it and work with these guys? They're not going to get it right all the time because they don't understand us. It's so... The they're literally buying a product <clears throat> that they know is doing well yeah. with an audience that they struggle to attract mm-hmm. generally and so it's like a package that's already working mm-hmm. and then they just pick it up and then just trying to transport it hope that it's yeah. going to and, and I also think that out of the we know who's got shows coming you know Big Mo's got a show coming Big Nasty's other one Ping Robbie there's a couple others I know are in the pipeline six or seven if one of them comes through as this big all singing, all dancing star that can be sold to all different marketplaces and demographics, they will can probably consider this a win, this little period. Because I, one of the things I'm interested in is what were the numbers in these graveyard slots prior to them saying, okay, let's make a concerted effort over a period of a year to see where our black, you know, what these guys can do. See if we can translate that online success into TV. TV is very systemic. It's very, you know, cornflakes, milk, bit of sugar. It's the same as it's always been. And because if they would get too radical with it, we just wouldn't, we wouldn't take to it. It was interesting listening to um, Jonathan Ross on the last show talk about how Maverick, it, not total comparison, not like with like, but talking about how Maverick, his first show on Channel 4 was for the time. And that, uh, you know, people didn't take to it, but in, invariably over a period of how many years, he was the guy that stuck. I wouldn't be surprised if the same strategy was employed. There was a six or seven people they were trying to team with he was the one that come through. Mm. And I think that that's what's happening now with Channel 4. Better than the BBC starting a channel and saying, we're going to 
have a platform for all this content, you guys, big budgets, also, and then running with it for how long did BBC Three last as a, a terrestrial channel? Jay, how long was BBC Three before? BBC Three was for a while. BBC Three was for a while. How long? Twenty two thousand and three. Yeah, so they gave it fifteen. That's yeah. fifteen years. Fifteen years, and that's online. You know, and 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 there's no market, no budget, nothing, no promotion. So if if we stick um, with Big Nasty, because it's the most current show. Mm-hmm. Does it, did everyone first of all like the show? Did anyone have any issues with the show per se? You had loads did of it, issues. Did it, yeah, I had loads, loads of issues. issues. The yeah. first one was definitely cut up to make him look like a bit of a, you know, with Ed Sheeran. They thought that pulling all the viewers, that, that, that I don't know from a production point of view what you thought, but I just thought there were too many awkward moments that they could have filled. That, was that done on purpose? Mm-hmm. You know, like what, 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 what was all that about? There was nothing seamless about it. They got better, but then sometimes I think, did they start so poorly to get better? Um, so there were loads of issues, but but the fact is that he shone, you know the two, the, the, yeah the duo, the duo shone, you know they yeah. did their thing, and I think is a season two been yes, yeah, mission for next yeah. year, yeah, job done. So does anyone have an issue with with some of the guests that were on that show? Because my kind of thinking was, I put a friend about this as well, the success of Big Nasty um, and more so Mo, Mo the comedian mm. is that they cultivated an online audience mm. very quickly on a very very big scale because a lot of people have turned away from TV over the last years so tv has gone to those two people and said listen you guys have got massive followers we like what you do you we're going to give you a tv platform to do what you do but then by bringing on some of the guests that they brought on i don't personally care about jonathan ross i don't know many people that know me as well like i mean me. he went to my school so i care about watching somewhere else yeah, i don't I personally know. care about who other people david swimmer these are not people that mm. i thought were appropriate for that i mean he lives in leighton as well so i've got a opinion <laughs> 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 they, just, it's, it, they, they missed the point for me it was like, no, the, the audience of left tv mm. don't go to the guests that are the reason why we've left tv the and same, the same old trying. Yeah. yeah and this but is why i'm so interested in that though Sorry, Sorry. this is why I'm saying, like, I I haven't watched all the episodes of Be Nasty, so don't shoot me, but this is why I'm saying I feel like with black people, it's always a form of entertainment. So I feel like when, instead of getting, I don't know, let's let's say someone who's a black MP, for example, Mm -hmm. we won't get someone of the same caliber that we would get a white person. We would get Krypton Conan, they're artists, it's entertainment. Like everybody that we put on some form of mainstream TV is doing entertainment. We won't get... Um, a Akala to go up on there to mm. speak or it would be difficult to get a Akala on there because they don't want to hear what Akala has to say or he projects a certain image that is not necessarily the image that they want to be marketed instead we're going to carry on about using aesthetic, yeah, it's like what you said about aesthetics so mm. it's like it's a good point where and you know we could argue that maybe Big Nasty that, that's not his forte to necessarily be mm. having you know discourse with a, a David Lammy or a Una King or like a might not necessarily be that his arena but then for me that's where it goes back to this like while you could see they were trying to find their feet with the formats and stuff like that, there was like one episode where there's so many guests on. Like at one point, Simon Webb was in the green room from Blue and then he was out in the front. I'm like, aren't they supposed to interview him? And it didn't really happen. So it's, I guess they're trying to like saturate with guests and have these opportunities. Mm. But it's like you said, if we're going to have a, a talk show which you're trying to endear yourself to a black or diaspora audience, then, you know, you want to have that same kind of range of guests other than I don't just need to see guests that are musicians, musicians. and stuff like that. Like, like because we that's what I'm saying. Because then what sports. happens is that again, the quintessential image of black people in this country remains among this holy trinity of sports, drugs, and entertainment. That's putting the thing is, is that that's what happens when you just have the one show. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, because you've just got one show, you're trying to cram all kinds of different genres and people, and it's not going to work, and it's not his SP. Yeah, so, it, it never works. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so what you find is, is that when you have the one show, the spotlight is on that one show. Always. Whereas with 
when it's not about our community and, and it's about the, you know the general sort of TV um, landscape, mm. there's lots of different strands. You've got the entertainment show, you've got right. rich documentaries, you've got. I want to pick up on that. I do. So, yeah. So there's, there's more shows about cupcakes than there are about black people in history. <laughs> there have been more shows about sponge cake and foxes. This is and true. robots, robots have had more shows in the last 20 years than black people and have aliens. had. And aliens have as well. <laughs> so Scarlett, is that the problem in that they seem to be saying, we, we know that we're funny, we know we can sing, we know we can dance, but we can all, can we get a program about architecture or about um, uh, art or about um, politics? We don't have any shows that have, that show us in any other light beyond entertainment. And shows like yours, for example, you're, you're a rare example of someone Very that's doing rare. something that's not Very to rare. do with music or, or being funny. Mm-hmm. Is that a big problem? We don't have, this is all well and good. These, these shows are good mm-hmm. to some degree, but we have nothing else. We absolutely don't have anything else, which is why I love this show. It's all academic because you've got, you have people on oh, here that, no, you're welcome. Uh, you know, you've got people on here that are intelligent, yeah. that don't just do singing and dancing and entertainment. You know, we do a bit of everything, but we are intellectual as well. And I think, Maybe it is that certain people won't tap in and watch a black panel for, for some reason being intellectual or talking about politics or talking about academics or talking about those sort of things because they just want to watch and be entertained. That's how it's always been from history. We are entertainers. We sit there, we dance for our food, we do this, we do that. Actually, no, there's a lot more to us. Like no one ever thought I was a property developer. Yeah, I do property development, but why does that surprise you? Like, average Joe can do it, so why can't I do it? But I also think, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, John, but I think that we've kind of, our starting point is so basic in terms of where we're starting now when we've got a rich heritage of of TV programming that's got us to this point. And I just think that we have regressed, if anything else, rather than built on what's been there before. Because it's 2018, isn't, you know, 1975. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to to add to that point as well, because I also find that a lot of the uh, archival uh, programmes don't feature stuff we've done historically. If you, unless you have London Live, you're not going to see reruns of the Desmonds or, you know, The Real McCoy was a staple part of most of the diaspora's uh, kind of viewing and influence. That I don't see that on Dave or UK Gold or UK TV. So no, all these channels that are full of like archival shows. Like, how come you never see that? Like, even, you know, Pork Pie had a spin off, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just feel like it's the other issue again is the fact that after these things are made and we even create, it's like, why does this stuff never resurface? Like, you know, there's because no rerun. it was made for the there's time. No... It was like, someone complained. It's like, oh, let's just fill this gap. And then, and then that goes. But like, when, when I was, I had a conversation with Jordan about this before, and there was programs that Jordan had never even heard of. Mm. You yeah. know, so Channel 4 had a rich heritage of this. So Channel 4 had a, a, a no program problem. called No Problem. Mm. And No Problem yeah. was, was a completely black mm. cast. Um, I think there was one Chinese lady in it, but it's pretty much a black mm. cast with black writers and it was produced by the Black Theatre Company mm-hmm. and Charlie Hansen. And that was uh, a black family whose parents had gone back to Jamaica and left them to, you know, to raise themselves, basically, because mm. they were all sort of teenagers or whatever. And this was a comedy on Channel 4 on primetime, I think on a Friday night or something. You Before that, you had... Um, the A Force, yeah, yeah. You had the Fosters, which was Lenny Henry was in that, and Norman Chef. Lee, and even even Chef, Chef was a good show. Chef was a good that show. was a great show, and, yeah, again, um, and a highbrow show as well. And again, it's like Lenny Henry again was actually showing probably where more superior skills in acting. In, in acting, and it's like weird that that show would have been like prefaced stuff like Kitchen Nightmares and all these shows now where chefs are cussing people mm. Mm. and that show was kind of like a scripted version of that so weird that this stuff doesn't tend to surface again I want to just touch on two quick final things investment behind the scenes but also online so you have a platform online <laughs> is that 
does that seem to be now where a lot of black people are going to make their content and like this, get their stuff out there? Because TV will not embrace them. TV won't take risks. P- TV won't be innovative, innov- innovative enough to get shows out there that don't fit a particular TV box. I don't necessarily feel as a creative that we use our platforms to create content because of TV not you know, being diverse enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we're creating content on our platforms because one, it's easier, mm-hmm. it's more accessible. Um, we have full creative control over our platforms and what we put out and how we put it out. Um, I feel a lot of creatives that are creating content, so vloggers and stuff like that, possibly the end goal is to get endorsements, but I do not feel like a lot of vloggers are looking to get, you know, TV shows and Mm -hmm. stuff like that because we understand the dynamics of how your show will potentially change um, as part of a show that was supposed to get picked up. Mm -hmm. And I know there was a lot of stuff around you know, getting picked up on what they wanted to change and what they wanted and just down, bringing it down to little things like us not being able to swear unless we're on at a certain time and those type of restrictions, which automatically takes away our authenticity if we're having to filter what we say. So I don't feel like, for me personally, that my platform is um, something in the long term that I'm looking at getting into TV or is that a boundary or if that has anything to do. I just think now we're just go-getters and we're just like, look, I've got a camera, I've got a phone, just do it. it." And off my own back and whatever happens from it happens, but this is the goal and I have to make it happen because if you sit down waiting on, for example, Channel 4 or BBC, it might not happen for you. That's just the reality. Happened for Big Nasty, but he's been grinding for years years before it happened for him. And I know everyone's same thing with Mo and Michael Dapper, like everyone thinks, you know, because we just saw the end result, yeah. and so everyone yeah. thinks it was and, like. And has been putting out content exactly, and that has been putting out content for ages. So mm. it just goes to show that you can get there, but it is a long process. And in the meantime, before you reach there, I feel like it's just about yourself and applying yourself to put out what you can for everyone to see. It's a new in as well because you know before there was online comedy, there was radio comedy, and all of the comedians that you see that people are household names on the BBC and Channel 4, they all started, many of them started in radio mm-hmm. comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think now you've got online, I think that is the, that is the, um, that is today's version of Contemporary that. Contemporary version. people can try and, you know, hone their craft. So let's try and finish on a solution, Joel. Um, I think we probably all will agree, Jay's initial point at the top was about the lack of investment on, in black people behind the cameras, mm. decision makers. Mm. How do we, do we have to wait for one of these, one of these shows, Paying Life, uh, big, big nasty show to blow before we think that they'll take a risk on commissioning two or more? Or what can we do as a black community to ensure that it's not just a one-off and a flyby? Yeah, thing? no, we need to sit down with the, the, the powers that be, the ones that make the decisions and ask them what their agenda is first because it's all very well headbutting, you know, the wall mm. to try and break it down. But if they don't want you to on the other side, then there's no point. So I think we need to continue to foster our own platforms um, make them the go-to place for that content, um, and just show these mainstream bosses and decision makers that actually we don't we, we don't need mm. to to tune into what you're doing. Um, we've got our own, mm-hmm. and I think that's the only way that they're going to listen. Um, because you, we could sit here and say, okay, let's lobby and lobby and lobby, but if they've already start, decided twenty percent of the output's going to be BME and that's it, mm. that's the ceiling. No matter what happens, and the next person that takes over the watch. He's left a note in the drawer and it says no more than 20%. Mm-hmm. And the next person and the next person, because that person is never going to be black. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lobby, 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 lobby just takes away from creative time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got to do our own thing. Agreed. Because we can watch anything we want now. We don't yeah. have to watch their channels. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the power that we do have. So let's exercise that. Guys, thank you much for your time once again. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 